शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद्भागवतम की जय श्री ब्रह्मर गीत की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रेमानंद हरि हरि वो प्रणाम टू ऑल ऑफ यू फ्रॉम श्री जगन्नाथपुरी धाम आई होप यू मे हैव हैड अ वेरी ब्लिसफुल इंट्रोस्पेक्टिव एंड एंगेजिंग लास्ट मंडे सो टुडे आफ्टर दिस ऑस्पिशियस मंथ ऑफ डिफरेंट सेलिब्रेशंस बालादेव पूनेम श्री कृष्ण जन्माष्टमी श्री प्रभुपाद अबीर भाव अनाउ श्री राधास्तमी वी आर गेटिंग टू द वेरी एंड finally of our series of lectures on sri brahmar gita the song of the bumblebee so today is our very last lecture meeting number 22 where we will be sharing the seventh class of conclusion the seventh after thought if you will meeting after the brahmar gita officially we have some introductory meetings in the brahmar gita now seven conclusive meetings and today we will concentrate on krishna's return to braj and his unfolding of the bow malila but as usual first of all we will begin by sharing some brief recap of what we were studying two weeks back two weeks back we had our sixth conclusive meeting and we were studying the last very last verses of chapter 47 of the 10th canto of the bhagavatam verses 69 64 sorry it is still 69 where after invoking his sacred Uddhava Gita Shriman Uddhav Mahasaya is asking permission from each and every Brajabasi hmm, to depart from Braj and go back to Mathura hmm. and in the context of that he receives different messages from the Brajabasis for Krishna like Sri Radha and Gopis and so on and then Srinanda Maharaj the king of the cowherd of the Goshta of the cowherd village approaches Uddhava which are with other Gopas, elder Gopas, and with many gifts, hmm? gift for Uddhava in the form of Krishna's remnants of clothes and other things, and gifts for Krishna and Balaram and other inhabitants of Mathura, the Yadus. Hmm? And in the context of approaching Uddhava with tearful eyes, Nanda, in the name of the whole branch, he starts to pray. He shares very two very nice, interesting verses where he is crying. and apparently he is glorifying krishna in ashvarya mode if you will glorifying him as bhagavan saying things like may we absorb our mind in him while already of course he's engaged up fully absorbing shmaran 24/7 considering himself as a bada jiva conditioned souls wandering in samsara and praying hopefully whenever i will be born we may love krishna So all these apparently contradictory rasa basa like statements actually come as a result of the biavichari bhav or transitory ecstasy of dainya or humility which takes someone like is the very personification of paternal batsalya mode to express in relation to krishna in, with some tinge of dasya but again all in the context of ananda going deeper into his own braja bhav mode So then, after this, Uddhava mounts his chariot and goes back to Mathura, which Sukadev Goswami says to Pariksit was Krishna Palita, was protected by Krishna, because and he needed Uddhava for that protection, because Krishna in Mathura is performing Naralila, not as Naralila as in Braj, but Naralila nonetheless. So he requires help, he requires assistance, and Uddhava is his minister, one of the most crucial ones. So in that context, he needs he needs Uddhava back. but also krishna palita will mean not only krishna needs protection assistance from uda but he needs to be protected from himself from the deep pain of separation his experience from the brajabasi at this point on the verge of death he requires uda to return and share and pour brajalila kata in his cup like ears and make him alive again so when uda returns to to mathura and meets krishna krishna starts to inquire almost immediately with full emotional range about the situation of the Brajabasis and Uddhava shares of course his, the beginning of his report and also he shares the news about 
the supremacy, superiority of the Brajabasi's love to the jadus in Mathura who thought we were the most fortunate people, we thought that because Krishna is with us so relative, but now we realize Vrindavan is the real thing, if you will. Mm-hmm. So then Uddhava delivers all different gifts that were given to him and sent to the Brajabasis, to Krishna, Balaram, and so on. He has some private meeting with Rohini and Baladev also, Brajabasis in Mathura. And finally today, then we reach our very last meeting, 22nd one, where we will be described to begin with in further detail the reciprocity among Uddhava and Krishna, how Uddhava opened Terapark's chest and shared his mind, and Krishna did the same. Then how Krishna uh, followed his promise, and he eventually returned to Vrindavan on earth, to the Prakat Prakashim, the Boma Lila. And then how Krishna unfolded mm, his Boma Lila, his Braja Lila on earth, from the visible plane, and made, made that merge with the Aprakat Prakash, the Aprakat Lila in Golok. Mm. So, we will begin with the topics of today. And I will be quoting verses from the Bhagavatam, specifically in this case, because in the Bhagavatam we don't find overtly, clearly mentioned all the things we will be speaking about today. But these type of accounts are mentioned in other books, like the Puranas, Padma Purana especially, and on the commentaries of the Goswamis, on the Padma Purana and the Bhagavatam. So mostly, as we know, for us, Goswami Granta our main Bhakti Shastras and the upgraded extension of the Srimad Bhagavatam in our lives. So we will mostly refer, take the hand of the Goswamis, very specialist Rilajiva Goswami in this case, and go on pilgrimage, if you will, on some sacred journey to see what he has to say, what he has to reveal in this connection. So to begin with, Srilajiva Goswami Pat, he will say that in this way, let's continue again, we will first start by further ex- expanding on interaction among between Krishna and Uddha when Uddha returns. So Jiva Goswami Prabhupada says that in this way Uddha revealed all the auspicious news to Krishna and removed Krishna's unsteadiness. He was pretty much unstable with divine anxiety. So starting with the first day, the news of the first day of his going to Vrindavan, the first day he was witnessing Brahma Gita among other things, Uddha first narrated in brief what will be told for many days to come. Because remember, he was there for 10, 11 months, so he had plenty of things to share with Krishna in further detail. Day after day after day. So this will take some days, this assembly, secret, confidential meeting. So it is said that at last, Uddha said to Krishna, I solve half of the Brajabasi's problem by your influence, by your grace, my master. But the other half, will be resolved by your going there. So here begins the beginning of Krishna's going to Vrindavan. By Uddhava saying, I was able to save them, and to rescue them from the ocean of separation they were drowning in, by sharing your message and so on, staying there for a year. But now when I, I was leaving and coming back, they again started to enter into that in those depths. So the only way to really fully keep them alive and satisfy them as they should is by your going there. Hmm? So it is said that when Uda returned to Mathura from Braj and he met Krishna in private, he himself dressed, some commentators say, with the clothes of the Gopa. He entered, he was not a Brajabasi per se, but somehow he, after one year of Brajabhakti scars, he was pretty much like sided with the Brajabasis, divine partiality. So he wore the, the clothes of the Gopa and go, went to Krishna and said, Gopal, he never called Gopal Krishna Gopal before, but now that he returned from Raj, he realized, oh, you are Gopal, your ultimate Abhiman sense of identity is Gopal. So you, Gopal, you ultimate Krishna, and I'm starting to know you now. Go to Braj, go back to Braj. The Gopas, the Gopis are suffering so much. And Uddha, and Krishna crying, he's saying all this, with pitiful eyes. And Krishna is seeing him, and looking him crying himself and saying, I cannot believe, Uddhav, how you were able to leave Braj. Hmm? Although he himself did that in one sense. <laughs> but he's saying, how could you leave such a magical place, such a loving environment? And Uddhav started to cry again, insisting, please go. I came back, I went, I left Braj only to say Braj, to come and tell you, go to Braj. Because if I stay in Braj, 
that won't be enough for them. That won't be enough. They need you back. So that's the only reason why I left Braj, basically, he's saying. To come back to you and to send you back there. So Krishna starts to cry again profusely. And the two of them, Uda and Krishna, cry and cry, embracing each other, overwhelmed by the love of the Brajabasis, by the love of the Gopis and Shirad in particular. And Krishna is not able to fully reply to Udavs. No? This is the love of the Gopis. Krishna's throat totally choked, totally embraced, trapped by divine love and ecstasy. And then Udav starts to speak a little bit more strongly with love in the context of their relationship, with this tinged with a little bit of Sakya. So Udav says to Krishna, after going to Braj, I have understood how cruel you are. And outside of Braj, here in Mathura and other places, everyone says you are so compassionate. But I witnessed the degree of separation and pain of the Brajabasis that are suffering for your sake because you are not returning. And I have a clear picture of your cruelty. So in this, in this particular loving sense and usage of words, Udav insists, please, my master, I beg you a billion times, go to Braj. Go to the place of love. Go to your very own heart. Vrindavan is your own heart. What the hell are you doing here with the Jadavas in Mathura? They consider themselves great princes. They have this particular psychology and DNA. While the humble, naive, innocent and purest Brajavasis are suffering so much for you in the purest possible way. Please give up everything immediately and go to Braj. So again, all this is the beginning of Krishna's going there. When Krishna is hearing all this from Brad, from Uda, he starts to cry and call Gopi, 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 like Mahaprabhu himself did before taking sannyas, as we know. He was just running and shouting and crying, Gopi, Gopi, being misunderstood by the audience, and that was one of the main reasons he eventually accepted the order of renunciation. So when he did that, was absorbing this particular type of ecstasy. Remember that... Hmm, Mahaprabhu's ecstasy was totally gone from Radha Bab sometimes to Krishna Bab, but all is in connection to the love of Vrindavan. So after saying this, Krishna crying and crying, he collapsed in the ground. He fainted, absorbed, absorbed in the Gopi Bab and Sri Radha's love for him in separation. So when he, after some time, would have tried to revive him, bring him back, so Krishna returns to external consciousness and he tells Sudhava, I send you to Braj as my messenger. It's my Dutta, and now you have become the Brajavasi's messenger. No? Now, I, I would have wanted to bring down with a message for them, but now he returned to Mathura with a message for him. Mm. So, at that point, Krishna very lovingly says to Uda, Please, actually, there is no difference between me and they, and them, in the context of the gopis. Look at my, deeply in my eyes, and you will see them, and vice versa. So at that moment, Uddhava looks deeply into Krishna's eyes, and Krishna gives Uddhava this vision where he can see the gopis present in him and him present in them. So in other words, one is the other one's heart, and they are eternally united in the Aprakat Lila, but still something remains, as we know. But Uddhava was eventually pacified, and he also understood Krishna's growing, Krishna's reciprocating with his devotees, always. Always, he's not failing in that. Although he himself considers himself a failure, a debtor, and he tries as much as he can to pay that debt in the form of Mahaprabhu, but he's doing the best in his avail. Love is a two-way street, so there is reciprocal dealings there. So Krishna is reciprocal. Some well-known story, sometimes quoted, is from a more Mahabharata-like context, when Yudhisthira Maharaj, after a battle of Kurukshetra, He's waiting for Krishna to, to have uh, breakfast with him, but Krishna is not coming. So Yudhisthira Maharaj enters into anxiety because the nature of love is you are constantly in some form of anxiety about your beloved. Oh, his delay, maybe something happened to him. What may have happened? What can I do? And so on. So Yudhisthira runs to Krishna's room, bedroom, and finds Krishna absorbed in meditation mm-hmm. for quite a while. So after... Mm-hmm. When Krishna returns to external consciousness from his meditation, Yudhisthira is asking him, who you were meditating on? Because you are the object of meditation for everyone, but you are meditating in someone, on someone. Who was that person? So Krishna said, remember, this is Mahabharata context, I was meditating in Bhishma, the grandsire Bhishma, who was not 
who has not passed away yet, and he was on the on the bed of arrows, famous scenario, famous picture. So when Yudhisthira asked Krishna why you were meditating on Bhishma, and Krishna very naturally said, because Bhishma was meditating on me, and therefore I'm meditating on him. And that's that's my life, to reciprocate with the love of my devotee. That's who I am. That's my the favorite side of me, if you will. <laughs> As much as someone approaches me, I approach that person. As someone worships me, I worship that person, and so on. So if Krishna acted in such a way, in such a chaste, if you will, comprehensive way with Bhishma, what to speak of the Brajavasis, what to speak of the Brajagopis, and what to speak of Srirada in particular, how much he is willing to properly reciprocate or try to do so, his best capacity. So in this way, by while hearing from Uddhav about the condition, the situation of the Brajavasis in separation from him, to say that Krishna at one point lost total control of his self, of his mind. Of course, we are speaking about God being of uncontrolled mind, but all this is in the context of Prem. Please do not forget. Bhagavan, the Supreme Absolute, overwhelmed by his own higher Shakti. So he lost control and started to cry loudly in the midst of the public assembly in the Jadus. The Mathura Basis did not have a clue what's going on here. We never saw Krishna like this. So it is said that that night, in a very secluded place, would have continued his narration, his detailed account about the blazing subterranean fire of separation of the gopis, loving him in detail. And he started to de- describe this in detail starting from day one. Day one was that day that Buddha, as we now witnessed, Brahma Gita, hmm? the song of the bumblebee. Don't forget we are speaking all this in that context. So he starts to de- describe this first day of Divyan Mad, of divine mightiness that Sri Radha exhibited hmm? and, and Uda witnessed, hmm? Sri Radha being the crown jewel of all Gopikas, and how she spoke these wonderful words in Chitra Jalpa, in Divat Madness, ten types of Chitra Jalpa, in this Brahma speaking to the bumblebee. So Krishna was overwhelmed by such a narration, and he stayed up the whole night, basically, without being able to sleep, burning with the fever of the forest fire of separation from Sriradika. Again, properly reciprocating with how she was herself burning in the fire of separation from him. In this context, Srila Jiva Goswami makes a mention of certain sections of the Bhagavatam to understand the context in which Krishna, in which Krishna's return to Braj will take place. So Srila Jiva Goswami mentions <clears throat> that Uddhava, the, the giving of, to, of Krishna's message by Uddhava to the Brajavasis, the arrival of Balaram to Braj, chapter 65 of the Bhagavatam, and finally Krishna's killing of Dantavakra in chapter 78 of the 10th canto, this should be understood in detail through the commentaries. There, Jiva Goswami mentions, it is stated that Krishna returned to Braj because the people of Braj, taking here and the very life and soul, desired that he return. And later, disappearing with the people of Braj, Krishna then engaged blissfully in eternal pastimes with them with full satisfaction for the increasement of their bliss. So let's try to unpack this last point, to close our series. How Krishna fulfilled his promise and returned to Raj, even in this Prakat Prakash, in the manifest visible platform, and how he then entered the Aprakat, the invisible dimension, along with all of his Brajabhasi associates, merging the Prakat Prakash, the manifest Vrindavan, into the Aprakat Prakash, merging Gukul, if you will, into Golok. So now we will continue here. First we began with some more detailed interaction between Uddhava and Krishna, and how this interaction prompted Krishna's return to Braj. So as our Guru Maharaj used to say, and this is a very important point, we should hear these narrations in such a way that naturally, instinctively, at one point comes to us the question, how is it possible that Krishna did not return? Because if you read the Bhagavatam in a more literal, official way, overtly, it doesn't seem that Krishna returned to Braj. It doesn't seem in a clear way that he returned since he went to, from Braj to Mathura, from Mathura to Dwarka, then the Lila unfolded, end of the Bhagavatam, if you will. So if we read the Bhagavatam in this way and we are satisfied with that, means we are not actually entering into the Bhagavatam. As we know, we have to in- enter it. My Guru Maharaj will say, there is a blank page in the Bhagavatam waiting for you 
to enter it and to live there forever and to have a feeling for the text. Mm-hmm. So this question, by reading the Bhagavatam with proper heart, and proper mind, we will ask ourselves, how is it possible that Krishna did not return to Braj? On one side, knowing the nature of Krishna, his love and mercy, and knowing the nature of the Brajavasi's love, it makes no sense whatsoever that Krishna did never have, has not returned to Braj. So this question has to come and, 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 and not allow us to sleep basically at night. So we, what my Guru will say, we have to develop ourselves in our practice, in our bhajan, in our devotional culture. So this way of thinking may naturally come to us, a second nature, some sort of instinctive way of perceiving Shastra entering into the narrative, not only studying it in a cold way. A type of emotional thinking, my Guru Maharaj will call that, which has to do with carries implies a feeling for Krishna, a feeling for his associate, and feeling for the Lila, and for all that the Krishna Lila, Braja Lila implies. And there is a particular logic and common sense when you enter into that. So we are to approach the Bhagavatam with these type of considerations in mind, or at least study the Bhagavatam from a Bhagavat devotee, so we can acquire the necessary bhakti samskars to really understand the Bhagavatam in this life. So someday we can awake some feeling for the Krishna Lila, because if that's not happening, we will never enter into the Krishna Lila. We have to develop this type of emotions, and the very ideal personalities that exemplify this are our Goswamis. That's why the Goswami Granta are our Bhakti Shastras, even above the Bhagavatam in one sense, because they show what the Bhagavatam actually means through the lens of their emotion, their emotional thinking, as I'm saying, and unfolding, unpacking all the implications of the Bhagavatam. They were not able to rest until they found how in the Bhagavatam Krishna actually returned to Braj. That's in the Bhagavatam. It's not overtly, clearly, but that's there. And the Goswamis, with their lens of their bhav, were expertly able to find that, found the connecting verses, other passages from other scriptures, I put all that in the proper context together so that it, everything makes proper sense for our Gaudiya sensibilities. Mm-hmm. So let's try to engage in that exercise now mm-hmm. as part of our development of our Adhikar. So let's go again to Jiva Goswami Prabhupada to his two, Gopal Shampoo 229. There he mentions how Purnamasi explained the guru of the whole Raj. She explains that Krishna departed for Mathura, from Braj to Mathura, at the age of 11, as you may know. And he returned to Braj at the age of 44, hmm? after slaying Dantabakra. This slaying of Dantabakra is a crucial point here. So between, he was 33 years, if you will, outside of the Braj before returning. And Purnamasi then says, shortly thereafter, Krishna returned to his Aprakat, Lila, with his associates, while in another form, he resided in Dwarka for protecting the earth. Because as we know, he returned to Braja at 44, but we know that Krishna Lila lasted till Krishna was 125 years. So the remaining time he remained in Dwarka in a particular form, as we will see and describe next. So to begin with, there is a very important verse that our Goswami quotes from the Bhagavatam, Canto 1, chapter 11, verse 9, when Krishna it is said that he was at this time in Dwarka already, so for this we have to skip some section. Now Krishna is in Dwarka, and he went to Mathura to kill Danta Bakra. All this before the Gita was spoken in Kurukshetra. There is one verse, this verse of the Bhagavatam, which is spoken by the inhabitants of Dwarka, who said, is praying to Krishna, O lotus eyed Lord, whenever you go away to Mathura, Vrindavan, or Hastinapur to meet your friends and relatives, Every moment of your absence seems like a million years. So very clearly the Dwarkavasis are speaking to Krishna in Dwarka, saying whenever you go away to Mathura, Vrindavan, or Hastinapura, which this clearly shows Krishna has gone there. And the Padma Puran, by, by, by receiving this hint from the Bhagavad, again the Bhagavatam is saying that for those who have the eye to see, the ears to hear, the heart to feel, and the Goswamis are those persons. So by finding this type of verses, the Goswami then said, okay, let's find some further support. If it's not in the Bhagavatam from other scripture, other Puranas, for make our case. So in the Padma Purana, in this case, which is a quite quoted Vaishnava Purana, Satvik Purana, Padma Purana reveals that uh, from Mathura, 
after from Dwarka he went to Mathuras to kill Dantabakras we mentioned and from there Krishna went to Vrindavan so what does it say what, what the Padma Purana says in this regard it mentions that Krishna had been harboring a desire to go and see his friends and relatives in Braj ever, ever since Balaram had gone there at this time Balaram already went to Vrindavan as a second messenger after Uddhava hmm. But his mother, father, and other elders in Dwarka, Vasudev, Dibaki, and so on, had refused to give Krishna permission to go to Vrindavan. Balaram was given permission, but Krishna, oh, that was too much to allow him. But now, after killing the killing of Salva, which was on a sura that Krishna killed in Dwarka, Krishna heard from Narada that Dantabakra, another very powerful demon, had gone to Mathura. So he had, he had to go and kill him. That was part of his dharma. So no one, at this point he had the perfect reason to go to Mathura. No one could object to his going there immediately. Hmm? So it is said that Krishna therefore was given permission to go from Dwarka to Mathura and after killing Dantabakra in Mathura, then of course from Mathura to Vrindavan, Vrindavan is in the Mathura Mandal district, so that's quite close in comparison to Dwarka. So after killing Dantabakra, Krishna will have the golden opportunity to meet with the Brajavasis. So Padma Purana describes this in this way. After killing the wicked demon Dantabakra, Krishna crossed the Jamuna and went to Nanda in Braj, went to Vrindavan. After the journey to Kurukshetra, the point is because here it's in a Krishna crossed the Jamuna. Someone might ask why to cross the Jamuna. It is said that after the journey to Kurukshetra in the solar eclipse, the Brajavasis, it is said that went to live on the other side of the Jamuna and live far from the Vrindavan they were living before because of grief. Hmm? So it is said before, because of this, it is said that after killing Dantabakra, Krishna had to cross the Jamuna. Because generally, usually, you don't have to cross the Jamuna if you go from Mathura to Vrindavan. So it is understood, therefore, that at that time, the Brajavasis were living on the northern, northern shore of the Jamuna, on the other side. And again, the reason for that is since Krishna had left to Mathura and to Dwarka eventually, the Brajavasis were no longer able to tolerate the sight of, of that section of Vrindavan, which every single spot reminded them how Krishna abandoned that place. So they moved to the opposite shore. So this is some of the scriptural reference that shows how Krishna actually returned to Vrindavan. Now, let's share some detailed descriptions of what happened in Krishna returned to Vrindavan. It is said that he returned and stayed there for two months. So lots of things to share. Mostly, as we will share what Srila Jiva Goswami reveals in his Gopal Shampoo in this connection. So it is said that Krishna entered to Braj, entered Vrindavan and played on this side of Vrindavan where the Brajavasis were. And he played his conch shell. He had a conch shell to announce, I'm back. My promise is my promise is here, I'm back. So it is said that when the Brajavas hear Krishna's conch shell, they quickly ran to him, almost like jumping. There was not a running, it was like a jumping of joy. Their life were coming back to them. The Pranat, the Praneshwar was back. So Krishna offered respects to the ground, he fell to the ground of Braj, offered Pranam to the dust from Vrindavan, and the cows immediately reached him and began sniffing him with tears, constant tears in their eyes, and they began licking him. As, 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 as to taste his sweetness as a way of showing their affection. And it is said that Krishna immediately stood up and began rubbing the necks, as he used to do for so many years in Braj. So it is said that the cows offered their throats to Krishna, and that was the offering themselves in the form of offering their throats to him, and began flowing with motherly milk for him, like another form of affection, doing Abhishek to Sri Hari. And so all the things combined like the perfect scenario for welcoming him. And after that, many other animals, I'm making, giving some summary of this section, came after the cows, the peacocks, the deer, and all of them had their own unique type of loving interaction. Poor Namasi came there again, like the guru of the whole branch, representing the whole Karha village, and different personalities started to arrive one after the other, after the other. And it is said that then Krishna were greeted and consoled his great parents, Nanda and Yashoda, Mm. So Nanda Baba and Jasoda Mai, they were drenching Krishna with tears of love, with breast milk, embracing him to the full heart's content over and over again. Mm. Krishna then started to offer obeisances to all the elder 
cowherd man, the elder Gopas, receiving their blessings, and satisfying all the residents of Raj with different gifts he brought, different gifts of clothing, ornaments, jewels, many things that he brought from the Brajabasis. So, Srila Jiva Goswami mentioned that Sri Krishna says to the Brajabasis here, with no enemies, everything has become auspicious. It is time to enter Braj. Balaram, thinking that I must return, has brought me here. I have kept him in Dwarka to satisfy the minds of the people who are exhausted from the killing of Salva and his extensive attacks. Bringing him here and pleasing him, I will have him enter Braj as well. This will please me. So this type of discourse is announcing the the wrapping up of, of the whole Brajalila. So Krishna again gave the Brajabasis different gifts. He gave oil, he gave, he gave clothing, he gave different ornaments, and also he gave chintamani and chintamani jewels to them, touchstones. So through these chintamani jewels, it is said that Krishna filled Braj again with all the items that the people of Braj have given up in the grief of separation from him. All the decorations, their ornaments, all the opulence of Braj. As we remember, Vrindavan has even more Aishwarya than Vaikuntha itself. But it's, this Aishwarya is buried under layers and layers of intimacy. So Krishna is, with this Chintamani gems, making all this Braj brilliant again, alive again. Actually, his very presence is the ultimate Chintamani gem for the Brajabasis. So he made Nanda Maharaj and others abundant with different treasures. And it is said that Krishna himself started to wear all the unlimited clothing and ornaments that the Brajabasis brought to him, all the Brajabasi-like ornaments. So it is said in this connection, Jiva Goswami describes how Krishna put his Kshatriya attires and identity aside. And for example, he kept his chakra, his discus, and other kshatriya items in his chariot, in the one he returned to Braj. He left the chariot at some distance, and all this kshatriya stuff was hidden there. So he asked his mother for his flute, for his cowherd staff, for his peacock feather, his pitambara, yellow cloth. So he was Braja Krishna again. So he started to wear all of them, and Jiva Goswami said, wearing them, holding them on, he developed a special beauty. He's especially beautiful as Brajavasi. He's always all attractive, but he's especially attractive like this. And at this point, it is described that Daruka, Daruka is the chariot driver of Krishna in Dwarka, who brought him from in the chariot to, to Brindavan, and also one of his main servants in Dwarka. Daruka, with eyes full of tears, he was astonished and became motionless like, motionless like a picture in stamba, paralysis. Now, this, this would be some parallel experience to that of Uddhava, someone who is not a Brajabasi and suddenly he's having some, some glimpse of what's this Brajabab and who is this Krishna in Brajabab. So Daruka became totally stunned by witnessing Braja Krishna. Then Krishna, when he was looking at all the Brajabasis, he realized all of the people of Braj remain with the same age with the same form and nature as when I left Braj to kill Kamsa 33 years ago. Even though, again, three, more than three decades passed. So this was not surprising, Jiva Goswami mentioned, since Krishna was explanation. Well, Krishna's meditating on Braj continually. That's his permanent absorption. That's his, the, the state of consciousness that most defines him in his inner chambers of the being. So since he's so absorbed in, in Vrindavan, and he's the maintainer of all, as we know, how can lowly time affect Vrindavan, says Jiva Goswami? If they are so much in the mind of Krishna, Krishna cannot but mm, maintain them as young and beautiful as usual. In one sense, we could say, of course, all their, their beauty and youth came back when they saw Krishna. Before that, they were in, in a very particular emaciated situation and so on. So then, it is described how all the people of Braj wanted to perform arctic to Krishna. But using jewel lamps that they produced by the Chintamani gems, remember, all these gems can produce whatever you want, desired gems, but they did not have the opportunity. They were too much in ecstasy, and the lamps were falling, and their hands were trembling. So in group, it is said that they quickly performed some arctic to Krishna, especially with the lamps with, the, with their ears and the lamps of their heart. That was the ultimate arctic. Sometimes in order 
Sometimes not. Jiva Goswami mentions it. In other words, speaking about the emotional content of the offering. Hmm? So after, hmm, Gopal Shampu continues describing that after increasing everyone's happiness in Braj, taking everyone's permission, Krishna entered the inner chambers with all his friends to, his, to see his mother in, in a more private way, Sri Jashoda Maya. Hmm? And Jashoda Maya, again, heart, heart, her heart was just overflowing with motherlyhood. Hmm? So Krishna started to consult Sri Jashoda Maya, all the other elderly gopis, all the other women relatives, hmm? who were just maintaining their life, their pran flowing, their hearts, till Krishna's return. So Krishna, after properly consoling them, asked their permission. And he went to, with his friends to some nearby place and started to eat and praise all the different sweet preparations made the tree Yashoda. And Yashoda, by hearing that and seeing her Kaneya eating so nicely, she started to weep uncontrollably, and torrents of rivers of milk were flowing from her breasts. Mm-hmm. So after this, Krishna asked permission from Yashoda to went to his bedroom, preparing himself to have some resting. So he went to the ni- nicely decorated bedroom with his intimate friends. And Jashoda, of course, as a good mother, she decided, as every single night she decides, may my Krishna have sound sleep, may he rest nicely, because he does so many things per day. So may his sleep be without obstacles. So she, she thought what to prepare, absorb. No, She put him to in, the, in her room and she started to think absorbed what to prepare him for the next day so he can eat and be strong enough to go to the forest and do so many things, his many exploits. So she started to gather all the items for the next day. That's her daily obsession when Krishna is in Vrindavan. When he goes to sleep, she starts, or immediately he cannot avoid thinking, what about tomorrow, what to cook, what to prepare, and so on. So Krishna went with his friends into the inner chamber and embraced him. Hmm? And, and, and Krishna lay down on the bed. And Krishna started to, to ask them from the bed, which were the news in my absence in all these 33 years? <laughs> A lot to tell. And then to say how Krishna started to kiss each of, the, of his friends in, in, in Sakyabhav, deep Sakyabhav, touching heart to heart and tight to tight. And then he fell asleep in, in, in a full immersion of Sakyarasa. So... <clears throat> Basically, Jiva Goswami then narrates, concluding this section, that when Krishna relieved the earth of her burden, in other words, he killed all the necessary demons he had to kill, and he went to Braj after this, like he was doing now, all of the Brajavas saw him, especially Radha. And now comes the turn for Sri Radha, which is a brief mention, actually, because Jiva Goswami will get to emotion. But it is said that Sri Radha saw Krishna with unblinking eyes, full tears, shivering body, and she spent the night exhausted by the intense, being consumed by the darshan and the, and, 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 and the heartbeats in her heart. So in this, case, in this way to say that Krishna exported continuously with the Brajavasis and especially with the Brajagopikas on the beautiful bank of the Kalindi, Jamuna, dressed as a cowherd boy, and he stayed there for two months. In full immersed, in full immersed in love, enjoying different pastimes of very joyful reciprocation. So again, this type of union or reunion is the type of union that corresponds with a certain particular type of separation. We already mentioned this in, in previous lectures. There are four types of separation in the context of Madhurya Bhava specifically, and four types of corresponding union. We're not, we won't enter into detail now. But we have the Purvarag, we have Man, we have Prem by Chitya, we have Prabhas. Prabhasa specifically means what Krishna is separated from the Brajavasa. It's not, it's not a separation that is the falling in love, the anticipation of meeting officially the person. It's not separation while in union or, or, or feeling the impending separation. It's not separation out of man or jealous love, but it's separation due to physical distance. And inside this Prabhas exists some variety called Sudura Prabhas, which means separation by a long distance for a long time, which was this case. Krishna being outside of the Braj in Prakat Prakash for 33 years. So the corresponding type of Sambhog or union which this Sudura Prabhas is called Sambhridinam Sambhridinam, sorry, Sambhog which is another way of saying fully comprehensive Sambhog because implication is if Sudura Prabhas means this separation for a long time in a long distance 
in one sense is one of the most painful types of separation. Therefore, the corresponding type of union has to be a very finally comprehensive one, which will take the whole lila to its final, the closing of this of the curtain in a, with a happy end. Remember that in the culture of rasa, in our Gaudiya Sampradaya, there is no place for tragedy. Although in rasa, all the different aesthetics, ingredients, dramatic components are there, different rasas are there, five primary, seven secondary, in none of them, tragedy has a place. In another tradition, there is different psychology. For example, in Christianity, we know the, the very end of the story is Christ crucified. I mean, it's not the very end. He was back again, he was reborn. But in one sense, he died, if you will, on, on some form or another. So in, in, in the Indian psychology, there is no place for such a thing. I'm not saying better words, it's just a particular type of presentation. So there is no place for tragedy. Everything ends in the best possible way. So, of course, Krishna Lila is not the exception to the rule. So let's continue by the hand of Srila Jiva Goswami Prabhupada, in this case going to his Krishna Sandarbha, and we will go back to the Gopal Shant in one minute. So Srila Jiva Goswami says in Krishna Sandarbha that the Brajavasis who were maddened out of supreme bliss caused by Krishna's arrival, they perpetually feel in their hearts as if he had just returned this very day. No, not 33 years in between, but he just went and returned. He's here, subjectively speaking. And Sri Jiva goes on to say an interesting point that shows again part of the purpose of this union di- separation dynamics. And although this Baba is priorly existing in the Brajavasis without beginning, it's an Adi because this union separation, Prakata, Prakatlila is going on eternally, it is refreshed every time Krishna appears on earth again. When we say refreshing, here we mean that the Baba of the Brajavasis is transported to a new level, it is upgraded to another level of exaltation. So Krishna appears again. He's born in his expansion in Mathura, and after he's born in the prison house, he's brought to Gokul, as we know, and that Mathura Krishna, the expansion, merges with the original Krishna born from Jashoda in Vrindavan. As we know, he stays in Vrindavan for 11 years, and then he's brought back to Mathura by Akrura. We know this sequence of pastimes, they happen in, the, in Krishna little on earth here and there. And this predicament of Krishna going out and separation starting gives rise to an intense feeling of separation in the hearts of the gopis and gopas. Mm? Separation makes the heart grow fonder, as we know. So because of this, the love of the Vrajabhas is propelled to a new height of acceleration, rasalas, due to the feeling of separation. Just sometimes it says that the ocean is swelling with its own wave during the high tide. Low tide, high tide, low tide, high tide union separation. So thereafter, as we know, Krishna goes to Mathura, goes to Dwarka, he returns to Braj, as we are seeing here, and eventually, as we will see, he will withdraw the Prakat Lila. And at that time, Gopis and Gopas will re-enter the Aprakat Lila, the invisible pastimes, with a heightened mood of love, increased by the separation experience on earth. And, in, and that heightened mood of love will in turn become their normal, stabilized bhava, in the Aprakat Lila. And then, this is not the end, <laughs> but when Krishna manifests his Prakat Lila again, somewhere in some planet Earth, in some universe, those gopis and gopas will again descend there and continue to be established in that same enhanced level of Baba. Be born, Krishna living brushed by separation, their Baba rising, again the meeting, and their Baba becoming further upgraded. So when separation is created again, the law present in the gopis and gopas reaches still higher peak. As Mahaprabhu will say in Sikshastakam, Pratipudam Purnam Brita Swadhanam. In other words, at each and every step, the experience of love is reaching in new heights. The totality of nectar is experienced, which totality means it's never enough. <laughs> so with this higher manifestation of love upgraded, maximized, they again will re-enter the Prakat Lila, and that newly intensified love will become their normal mood there. And again, by again, ad infinitum, we'll go back, prakat, aprakat, prakat, aprakat, union, separation. So in this way, Krishna perpetually renders new the Brajavasis' love for him, upgrading the experience of Bhakti Rasa for them, and himself upgrading the experience of Bhakti Rasa for himself, because he only lives for, to reciprocate whatever the Brajavasis are feeling, whatever his devotees are feeling. So, after sharing some ideas about 
Krishna stayed in Mathura for two months. Let, let's go now to the last part of our meeting, which is Krishna's withdrawal of the Brajalila. And again, we go back for this to the Gopal Shampoo again. So it is described that after sporting very nicely and visibly for two months in Vrindavan with the Brajabhasis, Sri Krishna noticed that the Brajabhasis, the residents of Brajavarians, anxiety. What's the reason for their anxiety? They were fearing, the pe- feeling the pain of again being separated from him. They start to wonder, maybe after some time he will leave us again. So Krishna, intending that such a thing may never happen again, they they may delete, delete this idea in their minds, he merged the Prakat Lila with the Aprakat Lila. The Prakat Lila with the ina- uninterrupted flow of the Prakat Aprakat Lila. We already explained about this in previous classes, how this Aprakat Lila in- invisible dimension is there, when there is permanent union, and only in the Prakat Prakash, in the manifest window on earth, sometimes there is separation. But now one window is merged with the other. Mm-hmm and turn him invisible on this plane. So in this way it is mentioned that Krishna transferred all his devotees from Braj to his eternal and manifest Lila in Golok. Nanda Maharaj, all the cowherd ladies and men and children and animals and plants and every single atom and aspect of Vrindavan in their transcendental forms. It is described that they boarded the celestial plane and went to the Supreme by Kuntha planet, which is actually Golok Vrindavan by Krishna's mercy. And an important point also to mention here is that we should remember how at the very beginning of the unfolding of the Krishna Lila, it is described in the Bhagavatam in this case that Bhagavan ordered the Devas hmm, to be born on earth, also to assist him on his pastimes. So accordingly the Devas were born on earth and descended from their celestial abodes in Swarga and they merged into the eternal into the bodies of the eternal associates of Sri Krishna. So now it was time for Krishna to withdraw his lila from earth and return to his abode. So there was a need to separate the devas out from his associates. So following this display to say that Krishna's eternal associate enter into his unmanifest lila while the devas return to their respective uh, administrative positions in Swargalok. But something else is to be added here because as you may know this is not the very end of Krishna Lila in every single sense. This is the withdrawal of Raja Lila. Krishna is 44 years here, but he stayed on earth for 125. So after bestowing on, on all the Brajavasis his own transcendental abode, merging the Prakat Prakash with the Aprakat Prakash, Krishna returned to Dwarka in one particular manifestation says, while the devas were chanting in the sky his glories. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments this. When commenting on the Padma Purana, on this section of the Padma Purana, Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Pad says that Krishna went in an almost complete manifestation to Golok called Purna Kalpa Prakash. In another, even more complete manifestation, Purna Tama Prakash, he remained in Bhoma Vrindavan and perpetually enjoying there, but invisible to mundane eyes. So here's an important, interesting point. He's saying, to Golok was an almost complete form, but the most complete form remained on earth, but invisible and manifest. In other words, a very special emphasis on Gokul, even on top of Golok, on the, on the earthly Brindavan, on top of the celestial Brindavan, if you will. Hmm? So he remained in Brindavan, but unmanifest in a most complete form and even in another form less complete but still complete Purna Prakash <laughs> he mounted his chariot and returned to Dwarka remember Rupa Goswami mentioned this idea in Dwarka Krishna is Purna complete in Mathura is Purna Tara more complete and Brindavan is Purna Atuma or the most complete and we see here even there is some difference among Brindavan in terms of Gopul and Golok different levels of completeness in, on the foundation of completeness <laughs> Srila Jiva Goswami mentioned that the Bhagavatam, since the Bhagavatam is not describing how the Braja Lila ended, there is not clear and explicit description of that, then the account given in Padma Purana, which we have already shared, have to be, should be accepted by all as true. So considering this, it's Srila Sanatana Goswami, in his commentary to the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, the Brihad Vaishnav Toshini, uh, considering how things happen, he will share the following sequential list of pastimes for the Bhagavatam 
description to fit all this. We will see that the how the some of the past sentences depicted in the button are not following the exact sequence to make this withdrawal of Brajalila perfectly fit. So Sanatan Goswami rearranges them. So first, Sanatan Goswami says, first was the journey to Kurukshetra on the occasion of the solar eclipse. As we know, Brajabas is met Krishna there. Then we had the Rajasuja assembly, Rajasuja Jatnya. Then we had the gambling match with the Yudhisthira and the dice, playing dice and the attempting of this robe, Draupadi. Then the Pandavas were exiled to the forest. Then we had the killing of Salva and then of Dantavakra in Mathura. Then we have Krishna's visits to Vrindavan, as we have just seen. And then we have his winding up, his withdrawal of the Vrindavan pastimes. So again, this is not exactly the same order of, as it appears in the Bhagavatam. But our Acharya had mentioned that due to divine emotion, sometimes Sukadeva Goswami himself presented some of the narrative upside down, if you will. Even though it sounds like a mistake, it is actually an ornament. So in this way, it is described in Padma Purana how all the residents of Raj, including cows, birds, animals, all its inhabitants, ascended to Aprakat Vrindavan on a gigantic airship in some form of demon or whatever is there. <laughs> At which time Krishna left for Dwarka in this particular manifestation, although he was joining them in the Aprakat Prakash as well. And again, maybe complex to understand and accommodate all this with our head, all these different possibilities, simultaneous manifestation. But that's there. The word impossible is in the dictionary is full, as Napoleon used to say. I want to speak of Braj with all things are possible. That's the very definition of Braj. So what is implied here, it's an important point also, is that Krishna's Prakat Lila, Krishna's Lila on earth in Braj, became one with the Aprakat Braja Lila, while on earth it disappeared, it remained invisible basically, although it was still there in an invisible plane. And his Krishna's Dwarka Prakat Lila on earth continued when he returned from Vrindavan to Dwarka in his particular form until the destruction of the Jadu dynasty in the most solid Lila, when Krishna leaves his world, this world in, in this Dwarka dish form. And the Mathura Prakat Lila, the Prakat Lila on earth in Mathura, came to an end when Krishna carried everyone to Dwarka. Now, the first time when Krishna went to Dwarka, all inhabitants of Mathura, all the Mathura Basis became Dwarka Basis. This is mentioned in the 10th canto, chapter 50, 57th verse. So at that point, when the Dwarka Lila started on, on earth, the Mathura Lila came to an end. And Jiva Goswami in this connection came, makes a very interesting point in the context of how Krishna turns manifest or, or unmanifest, and it's not so much that it's going to one place from one place to the other to another. Mm-hmm. So he mentioned that the the, have the residents of Vrindavan mm-hmm. who belong to the Prakat Lila, in their Nara Lila, in their human like subjectivity, they are under the impression that Krishna has gone to Mathura. Oh Krishna left us and went to Mathura when he did that. And the residents of Mathura in the Prakat Lila all this in Prakalila, will think, oh, Krishna has just arrived from Vrindavan. So he's now with us, he's no longer there. So, but actually, Jiva Goswami mentions in reality what's going on is that the Krishna in Vrindavan becomes a manifest in the Prakatlila, and the Krishna Mathura becomes manifest there. It's not that he's going one, from one place to another. There is a Krishna in Vrindavan, a Krishna in Mathura, and a Krishna in Dwarka just turning himself manifest or unmanifest according to the necessity of the flow of the Lila. So consequently, in this sense, we could say Krishna is not going to Mathura after an 11-year stay in Vrindavan. Or he's not going from Mathura to Dwarka. Actually, what, what's going on is one Prakat Lila, in this case Vrindavan Prakat Lila, becomes a manifest, and other Prakat Lila, like Mathura Lila, no, becomes manifest. And when Krishna goes from Mathura to Dwarka, Mathura Prakat Lila becomes a manifest, and Dwarka Prakat Lila becomes manifest. You follow? So by sometimes manifesting and sometimes unmanifesting his own abodes and form, Krishna seems, seems to move from one place to another. Well, actually, he's present in all of them simultaneously, just turning himself manifest or unmanifest. Remember, we have Vrindavan, Mathura, and Dwarka in eternity in Golok. Golok Mathura, Golok Dwarka, Golok Vrindavan. So he's in all those places simultaneously in the Golok and in Gokul, in in, 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 on earth, to follow a little bit more the Nara Lila dynamics, 
he seems to disappear from one place while being in the other, but actually he's turning and manifest and turning manifest is another. While in Golok he's simultaneously present in all of them. So, we have reached our conclusion of our last class of the Brahmad Gita. We have reached the very end of this cycle of 22 meetings, which, again, in connection with, uh, we know this Brahmad Gita is one of many other songs that the Gopis present in the 10th canto, especially like the, um, the Venu Gita, Pranaya Gita, Gopi Gita, Jugal Gita, Viraha Gita, and Brahmad Gita. These are six main Gopi Gita songs by the Gopis from 10th canto which all of them are sung by the gopis in all the different moods of separation according to the unfolding of the relationship with Krishna. And of course for us as sadakas, as aspirants to the Ragamark, they are very crucial, very important to nourish our own separation, the, the corresponding separation we need to enter in to achieve the next level of upgraded union and upgraded separation with Sri Hari, with our East Death. So by witnessing the separations of the Ragatmikas, we as Raganugas are to follow in their footsteps and of course the entry point is through separation. We have to advance feeling separation and that's a very crucial point. We have tried to emphasize that along the lectures. But some free, brief final words on the topic of separation, if you allow me, of the topic of the yoga of crying, if you will. Crying yoga, sometimes we have spoken in those terms. So we may cry, the more we cry, God cries. If we cry, God also cries. We know what's crying, He knows what's crying. And the more we have Nara Lila, the more God cries, and the more we can approximate Him through the bridge of separation. We already shared the famous example of Ramachandra, which is some form of Nara Lila on some level, and He cries so much in separation from Sita when He's banished to the forest. But we find that Nara Lila and that crying even more in the figure of Krishna, especially Braja Krishna. All of which have been uniquely presented, as we say, have said in the pages of the Bhagavatam, in the books of the Goswamis, which ultimately are describing this love of the Gopis and Sri Radha as the highest objective goal to attain experience, especially in separation. All these main Gitas of the Bhagavatam sung by the Gopis, all of them are in separation. The Bhagavatam is emphasizing the Bhoma Lila, and the Bhoma Lila is emphasizing the gate of separation to reach eventual union in the Niti Lila. And of course, all these sections of the Bhagavatam which converge into this song of Sri Radha, into this song of the Gopis, Mahaprabhu himself, Krishna himself, in the mood of Radha, Sri Gora Sundar, he relished all this in the context of his own embraces, Mahaprabhu, his own embrace of the Bhagavatam. Mahaprabhu's particular unique embrace to the Bhagavatam, the result of that embrace, I like to say, we know it as Gaudiya Vedanta, Gaudiya Sampradaya, Gaudiya Vaishnavism is how Mahaprabhu embraced the Bhagavatam, how he addressed the Bhagavatam, and how the Goswamis explained that embrace to us through their writings. That's what we call Gaudiya Vedanta. And in the midst of such a glorious experience, such a glorious reality, here we are, us, ourselves, <laughs> blessed by such a descent from the Parampara and trying to take advantage of such harikata, sometimes called sobhagya kata. Sobhagya means something that bestows great fortune. So sobhagya kata, very blessed and fortunate harikata. We are the blessed, we are the fortunate by entering in touch with this parallel current of divine love that is descending in this world, especially we could say here to finish our Brahman Gita, whose main character is Shirada Thakurani, and she is the very last converging point of the whole Bhagavatam. So Bhagya Kata, the highest form of Harikata, appears, descends in this world by the grace of Sri Radha Thakurani. Mm -hmm. Especially, we could say, through this Brahmar Gita, which is the high point, high, high point of the Bhagavatam, when she herself is singing in topmost madness. And she's the very root cause of high Harikata. She's the best speaker, possible speaker of Krishna Kata. Mm -hmm. So in a similar way, <coughs> when Sri Radha is relishing Hmm? the sweetness of Krishna Prem hmm? over and over again and she becomes very compassionate in the context of that experience and she will like to share that with others all this appears in the form of Krishna Kata in this world Krishna Kata is Radha's compassion extending to us unfortunate souls, fortunate souls now no? and not only it appears in the form of Krishna Kata it appears in the figure of Sriman Mahaprabhu hmm? who is Krishna himself in the mood of Radha trying to taste what hair is, hair is about 
and that overflowing ends in the compassionate dispensation of Gaur Lila. And this is what Srimad Bhagavatam is about. All the Bhagavatam converges at the feet of Sri Radha and puts us eventually at the feet of Gaur Lila, and then we have Chaitanya Bhagavat, Chaitanya Charitamrita. So this is how it works. The whole Bhagavatam is about the madness of Radha, who is mostly personified, explained, described in this Brahma Gita. There is a very nice example, a play of words that sometimes are being said in connection to the name Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam means in connection to Bhagavan, to Krishna. And Srimad, although we can translate it as beautiful or powerful, also we could separate two words there, Srimad. Sri means, Madha means madness, and Sri means Sri Radha. So Sri Madha means the madness of Sri, the madness of Sri Radha in connection to Bhagavan. So that's what the Sri Mad Bhagavatam is about. And basically the, the high point of Sri Radha's madness in connection to Krishna is, the ultimate high point is this Brahman Gita, the ultimate converging point. So in that divine high point of madness, she's sharing a type of Harikata, that is blessing our lives in this present moment. So sometimes the analogy is given of one lady who is married to a multi-billionaire personality, man. So one day this lady has some type of madness in her brain, some short circuit, if you will, and she brings, takes all the jewels and money, millions of dollars or whatever she has stocked there and goes to the rooftop of, their, of her mansion and starts to throw that in madness to the street and in the, the, the passers-by the people walking down may, many of them are beggars poor people who never in their life may ever dream about entering in touch with such uh, wealth but they receive that by the madness of this lady that's the only reason why they are able to receive that so you can imagine which is the, the parallel here we are the beggars we are the totally undeserved uh, personalities who did nothing to enter in touch with such exalted topics and the crazy lady throwing the jewels out of the rooftop is Sri Radha in Sri Mad, in Divine Madness, in Divian Mad being totally crazy and throwing these jewels of love, jewels in the form of Harikata and we are receiving those jewels in the form of getting the chance of Shravan, Kirtan, Smaran. So to say that although this lady throwing all these jewels her husband, who is multi-billionaire, although he's surprised for a moment and charmed even, he's not concerned because he ha he's so wealthy, he has so much wealth that he knows no problem with this. So he becomes even charmed at the situation, charm, charm, charm more and more because of her generosity without discrimination. So this is compared to Krishna. Krishna is, is charmed at the sight of Sri Radha's madness and at, but at one point he becomes so charmed by her ex excessive and mad distribution of wealth that he himself was to taste that. And that's, as we know, the beginning of Gaur Lila. That's the high point of the Bhagavatam, leaving us at the feet of Gaur Lila. The very last verse of the Bhagavatam glorifies Mahaprabhu in a covert way by glorifying Namsan Kirtana. Namsan Kirtan Jasya Sarvapapa Pranasanam Pranamodu Kosamanas Harim Taman Harim Tamam Yaham. So it leaves us at the feet of Sri Chaitanya there. And this again, this high point, Krishna himself, the rich man, wants to taste the madness of her wife, if you will. Krishna himself wants to taste Radhava. So this Sri Mad Bhagavatam takes us to Gaur Lila. Over and over again, our full circle, our discipline as goddesses is to go to land at the feet of Sri Chaitanya Dev over and over again. Sri Man Mahaprabhu Kija. So in this way, we poor burghers mm, receive this costless mercy of being in touch by this Obhagya Kata, Harikata, the words of Radha, in this case, especially in the form of Brahma Gita, the high point of the Bhagavatam. So, what to do in front of such a question? The only question that remains is, what can I do to reciprocate? How can I offer my life and soul in the best possible way to this descending current that is making my life totally full of purpose and meaning by the grace of Guru and Vaishnavas and Parampara. So hopefully this narration, this series of lectures have nourished that hope in us and have made us much more serious and committed into how we can properly give back the embrace that we have received. So we will finish our session by invoking the famous Pranam Mantra where 
that Udava invoked when he bid farewell from Brach that we have been using for ending each one of our sessions, but he put his head perpetually up to the feet of the gopis trying to grasp their foot dust. Hmm? Since their kirtan is so powerful, so bhagyakata, their harikata is so blessed that it can purify, enhance, redeem the three worlds. So here on one little spot, in my case, from Sri Jagannath Puri Dam, which is not big pla small place, small spot, very glorious place, I pray to be sprinkled by at least one particle of this harikata so my life can be more and more blessed and I can properly honor that. Vande Nanda Brajasrinam Thank you very much to all of you for your time, for your patience. You have joined me for almost half a year or more, maybe, these 22 classes. So that was a nice journey, a long journey, but a short one in comparison to the longer journey we are projected together to tread for eternity under the shelter of Sri Guru and the Vaishnavas by hearing, by chanting, by remembering, and by serving this Harikata, eventually in the Nitya Lila, in our Nitya Swarups. So, all this has to bring back our question, what we can do now here as Sadakas on Earth to get closer to that and to get closer and closer among us in this eternal prospect of eternal service under the shelter of the Bhagavatam, the Book Bhagavatam, the Devotee Bhagavatam, Sri Mad Bhagavatam, the, the Divine Madness, Madness of Sri and Her Devotees. So, thank you very much and assume a question we have one Monday left but the, all my classes have finished here <laughs> and since I'm not able to connect live with you as you know I just can record the meetings and upload them first of all if you have any questions you can share them on the thread and I will try to reply along this week and for the next Monday sorry I won't able to connect so we have one free day you can try to, to rest and to read deeply and to hopefully reflect back on all that we have been studying these days, even if you want to write some conclusions, something you may like to share, not only with me, but with the other group of devotees who are part of the Brahma Gita, for sure you can write that, share and bless all of that with your own insights of this experience. And hopefully see you soon for another series of lectures, and let's keep in touch under the shelter of Sri Guru and Guranga. Srila Gurudev Ki Jai. Shriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Shri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai, Rantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Shri Brahma Gita ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Bindu ki jai, Gaur Praman Nahibu.